0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always... Well, Abe, he's, he's not He's out working. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly, however... Every now and then, like, I have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks it's something completely different, but this is one of our fun commentary tracks. It is our commentary track for the num- month of May 2019, and in honor of the upcoming Godzilla colon, king of the monsters, we are talking the original Godzilla the 1954 Godzilla directed by Ishiro Honda, not the 1955 American re-edited version featuring Raymond Burr in inserted scenes, but the, in fact, original Japanese version of Godzilla, or Gojira, which is what we're going to be doing here. Who is joining me for this commentary track, you ask? Well, thank you for asking, for one thing. But we have, from Wives of Blue and the Colts and McCavalcade podcast, summoned by twin fairies, it's Brandon Peters.
1: Hey, is this the first uh, non-English as a native language film we've done?
0: Yes, for a commentary track. All right.
1: Yeah, I know. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, thanks for having me.
0: Also joining us from the Milky Way Blues, we're inserting his comments in the American version of this podcast. It's Yancey
2: Burns. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here. For sure. Glad you
0: made it for a change.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. Sorry, man. I'm glad to be
0: here. <laughs> it's all good. No, We've been trying to get you back on one of these for a while now, and it finally worked out.
2: So, I appreciate it thanks yeah
0: no good to, good to have you both here I, I'm excited for this I think anyone that's been following me on Twitter lately is very aware how big of a fan of Godzilla I am and how much I'm looking forward to seeing new Godzilla stuff but in the meantime I've been happy to revisit plenty of other Godzilla stuff which has all led to this crazy month of May <laughs> features a new Godzilla movie along with me writing a lot about Godzilla and now us doing this commentary track for the podcast so this should be a lot of fun this movie, Is not too long. It's 96 minutes, so we should kind of breeze through this, probably. But for those listening at home that want to know how we're going to do this, well, Brandon, Yancey, and I all have the movie paused currently. uh, 12 seconds in on the Criterion Blu-ray version of this film. Uh, So if you plan to follow along with us and you have a copy of Godzilla... I would, for one, presume that you have the Criterion version because you're a film fan that listens to a movie podcast, so why wouldn't you? And you, you want to pause it at 12 seconds in. If you're just listening to listen, you don't need the movie to follow along with us, you're good. You just get to sit back and relax and listen to us, talk all about Godzilla stuff for the next hour and a half. So you just do you. So with all that said, I'm going to count down from 3, 2, 1, and say, play, go. We're all going to press play, and we're all going to just start talking about the movie. So you guys ready?
2: Oh, lots of pressure. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: Ready. Okay. 3, 2,
2: one, go. Oh, that just jumps
0: right away from the sea.
1: This is made with the support of the Japan Japan Coast Guard.
2: Mm-hmm. There, they
0: Here's they the
1: pledge their allegiance. We got yeah. The
2: Toho logo here. Yeah, it's always so beautiful, especially when it's in color. One of the great logos, I think. I liked. I mean, I've having watched
0: so much Godzilla recently, I keep seeing the Togo the to- Togo. the Toho logo. I'm going to do that a lot. Toho logo and it's like yeah this is just it's just nice to see this. No it also is nice to like have happen over and over again hearing the music for this for these movies. Mm-hmm. Akira Ifakube's score for Godzilla along with many I don't know offhand how many but I think it's at least 12. But He did a lot of these and the the score i I'm sure some people think of it as iconic. I do but like there's there's something there that you certainly pick up on as far as how you create a sound that that symbolizes a giant monster king kong has that and godzilla has
1: that honestly Mm -hmm. so do you prefer godzilla over king kong that's a tough question uh, the the original films which one do you like better
0: i would say i like uh, king kong better um okay i I'll, i'll put it this way i like the the franchise of godzilla more uh, right, because I think like Son of Kong is okay is like okay, and Mighty Joe Young has some neat like visuals in it, as far as like the original thirties, forties, thirties, forties movies go. But I I have more of like a reverence for the Godzilla franchise as a whole. But as far as like original films go, I really like Godzilla. King Kong is one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time.
2: So
1: yeah, <laughs> different class, different class of movie. Yeah, it's a good answer. Mm-hmm. It's a good answer. Do you
0: guys have a preference?
1: I I'm Kong. King Kong more so um maybe it was the first i don't know um but godzilla uh, godzilla certainly has the bit, bit more storied uh franchise iconography stuff like because it just you know went went crazy whereas king kong always seemed to try to have some little layer of procedure what i mean maybe it's different countries making the films that led to it but um they always try to go back to like some sort of serious Root with king kong remaking him all the time rather than additional entries
0: the iterations i mean there's a there's more of godzilla than there is of kong obviously although there's yeah a, there's there's more kong that people realize i think because you have the, the the ones that i mentioned but then you get mm-hmm. to the seven i mean you got the dino de Laurentiis one obviously but then you also get the king kong lives king kong escapes like these right. Japanese
2: yeah. ones. <laughs> he also gets to count King Kong versus Godzilla, of course. Yeah, King yeah. Kong versus, yeah, obviously.
1: Because the, 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 yeah, the De La Rennes one had a sequel like 10 years later. Yeah, King Kong yeah. lives. Yes, King yeah, Kong. King, oh, sorry, yeah. But yeah I don't know like
2: King Kong is, I think King Kong is, to me, one of the central film myths. I think as different as it is, this movie would never exist without King Kong.
0: Well, of course, yeah.
2: This idea, the very idea that a giant, Creature is going to be stopping around the city. I think is descended from that, from from the original Kong, and I think, yeah, I think this movie, as good as it is, it, it may have a few more dead spots. Kong is pretty uh, propulsive for two hours, you know, and that I was th- I was hoping we maybe we'll come up with this later, but yeah, also it's hard to. It's as cool as Man in Suit is. As cool as seeing Godzilla stomping around is. It, it just can't compare to the
0: yeah. The stop animation, stop right. animation is pretty phenomenal.
2: It's, yeah. it's like happening. Yeah, there's something magic about there that, that this can't really be there in a, in, a, in a. And not to disparage the giant suit, as long as everything's done in the service of giant monster movies, I'm happy. But I think the connoisseur of giant monster films will probably always choose Kong at the very least because. Kong himself in that movie is one of the great film subjects there ever was, I think.
0: It's interesting, because we'll we will should talk about this now as far as what this movie's about. But, like, Kong—and I think part of the—you mentioned the pacing. Part of that is it's an adventure movie, where this is more of—I mean, especially this first one. It's focused on something serious, and it's trying to do something. It's trying to say something. Social where, commentary. Where I don't think the Kong, especially King, King Kong specifically— it's not really trying to say anything,
1: necessarily. No, no. You
0: can you can read into it, and people have. It's more
1: it was, of a fable yeah, the, type yeah, thing. Yeah, there you go. Beauty and <laughs> the Beast <laughs> and everything. <laughs> like it,
0: it's
2: a full-blooded adventure
1: movie. Yeah, it,
0: yeah it, where this one does have something going on. At the same time, Cooper is a... I mean, it, it, he's he has more to work with than Honda does here, where he's, he's has a lot of, I mean, there's some actors that are well-regarded, but it's mostly like, okay, we got to get a bunch of people together to kind of fill in the sequences between when a giant monster stomping around, right. and it's inherently silly. A lot of King Kong is inherently silly as well, but like you said, it's, you know, it's tighter. Like, it's a longer movie, too, for mm-hmm. King Kong versus this one.
2: And they both have a thing, interesting, this is 20, almost, well, 20-plus years later after the after King Kong, they both have a thing similar also to the uh, the original iterations of all the Universal Horror Monster movies in that this one has a tone that's really all its own. Uh-huh. You, would never be, you would never think there would, you would make 35, 40, or however many movies there are now. Yeah. <laughs> you would never think you would make 32 depressing movies about about what this is obviously about. And, of course, you don't. Um, they're not, this is not made with a particular audience in mind yet, I don't think. Whereas... <laughs> The sequels Godzilla. certainly They're are. They're so, okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna get kids to see this little picture of the kids. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. What point, Aaron, since you're I mean, the, the the you've been recently going through these and more of a our expert on the i more of here. a Godzilla connoisseur. Yeah. What yes. What Godzilla movie was it that like you could see going through like open the floodgates to get as crazy as they did? Like which one just because one has to break that barrier in I mean, order to get that to go. Yeah, so you have this one, and again, we'll get back
0: to it as far as what this one's also about, but it's a, you know, it's a serious film. The second one introduces a monster for the first time. Uh, Angio, what is his name? It's like a big... Spiny it's, it's thing. It's like a
2: right? big spiny mm-hmm. thing. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good. Hold on, give me one second. Uh, um That introduces a monster, and Godzilla fights it, and it's... I mean it's silly as far as yeah now we're just watching. And it's silly because so when they made these Godzilla movies, when they when when you when you shoot Godzilla, you shoot him super fast like with the speed like the frame rate. So mm-hmm. so then you slow it down so it looks like it, it it gives the impression that it's, you know, has more weight to it. It feels like it's going like it's making big steps and you feel the weight of that. In Godzilla raids again, the sequel to this, it actually <laughs> It um they filmed it backwards. They, actually, they filmed it slow instead of fast, so got, the fights are, like, weirder to look at. <laughs> just, like, it has a mm-hmm. unique touch to it. But even then, I wouldn't necessarily call that like a, a completely silly movie. It just feels like more of, well, we brought him back, so I guess we have to give him an adversary. I think it's King Kong versus Godzilla, the third film, when... I think that's when the gates open. Because that's when they're like, alright... Let's get a huge, and that was '62, so it's like eight years. Late. It's been, it was it took a while before Godzilla like came back because the raids again was the year after this '62. You know that's seven years without a Godzilla movie. At the same time, this monster movie craze was getting very popular. So you had the Mothra movie and the Rodan movie, and even in America you had them. You had other ones like that. So, but King Kong versus Godzilla, that's where it gets silly. That's where it's like, all right, now we have a giant King Kong in a suit versus Godzilla in a suit, and they're beating the crap out of each other. Uh I don't know. Uh, it it, got, it gets weird pretty quickly. Uh, and with that said,
2: You're like Godzilla's the one where the little boy goes to the island. Dreams he goes to the island. That uh, one feels like
0: that's deep. Oh, that's that's all. That's all monsters attack sixty nine. That's the tenth Godzilla film. That's where things get wacky. 10th like, one. That's the tenth one. That's where things are all clear. That's where things are. It's it's well into the the like craziness at that point. But like right away, I mean it goes... And we talk about. I mean. King Kong versus Godzilla, that's a huge thing at that time, it's like, King Kong's a, you know, that's not, that's not in the Godzilla universe until it is, and then after that you get mm-hmm. Mothra vs. Godzilla. Mothra was popular on its own, it already had its own movie, so it's like, Godzilla was creating cinematic universes well before these things became super popular. Yeah, still,
2: like, didn't Godzilla versus King Kong begin as Godzilla versus Frankenstein or yes, something? Yes, it did, yes. Mm-hmm. So I, that's uh, the first attempt to do that kind of a team up or versus ever, I think, in movies, right?
0: Be well, I mean, yeah, like what Abbott and Costello uh, meet Frank. Frankenstein. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, Frankenstein meet the Wolf, meet the Wolfman. Yeah,
0: Frankenstein meet the man, Yeah, you have the Universal yeah. attempts. But that like, was I in mean, the
1: early forties. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you
0: don't, but you don't have these very often, for sure. And like something. Though, yeah, those are notable, you know, mashes together as far as having the Universal Monster movies. Godzilla, you have, yeah, you have mm-hmm. King Kong versus Godzilla, and like I was saying, Mothra versus Godzilla. Mothra was very popular, yet yeah. she she had her own f- successful movie, and it's like, oh, now she can fight Godzilla? They're all Toho, so it makes sense. And then you have the Ghidorah, the three-headed monster after that, where it's like, here's Mothra and Rodan and this new thing, this three-headed dragon <laughs> all fighting together in one movie. It, yeah, they, uh, you can't accuse the series of not, you know, going out there right From like so right I, away. It's,
2: I, it's Universal owns the rights in America to King Kong versus Godzilla. Right. I think so. For whatever reason, it's always been really difficult, at least for me, to try to see the original, the Japanese version of King Kong versus Godzilla, which I've always heard is actually played as some kind of a media satire, believe it or not. And I think all of that is apparently stripped out in the version I've always seen where it cuts to this, you know, white newscaster guy filling in this sort of mm-hmm. exposition. Have yeah, you that's... ever seen like the Japanese version of King Kong versus Godzilla? I know it's uh, out there. Um,
1: oh, sure. There's a, it's a real problem with a lot of uh, the imports uh, in the U S we get these uh, cut up versions and then a studio holds on to them and they fold and there, no one can figure out how to get their real rights or they just sit on them. Like, uh, like the Jackie Chan Police story sequel, Super Cop, and um, First Strike. First Strike is First like apparently a completely different movie in its original form, but it was oh, yeah. hacked up and sent around, but uh, the Weinstein Company, I believe, has the rights to it, and they're saying I they not do anything with it. Oh, I see. So, or Lions, or Someone has it, and they just have no interest in restoring it to the original cut and putting it out here. Uh, but I believe in Japan, you can find it, but outside of, like, japan it was just different cut of the movie and these godzillas i'm sure suffer that same fate yeah there are
0: there i uh, just say there are like there are a couple sites that have links to online streaming versions of the japanese import or uh, original japanese versions of a lot of the films i, I even follow like a letterboxd list specifically because it has a link to every single godzilla film and all the different cuts that are available for them so, like you can find them, but yeah, to, for the most part, we have a, America has a big history of taking these films, chopping them down, so in some cases, it actually tightened it up. It actually works for what it's doing, although mm-hmm. sometimes they change the score, which is I think is upsetting <laughs> quite a bit, but, or they'll
1: cut like a complete subplot out that some payoff happens, you don't even it just seems weird and out of place, but
2: answer, were we gonna say? I remember Toho when I was first getting into seeing the original versions of movies and widescreen movies. And I remember there was, a, you couldn't even get, if even if you tried to import a DVD of King Kong versus Godzilla, it wouldn't have an English subtitle. Like the company at that point really didn't seem to want to share those versions with English speaking audiences at all. I don't know what changed there, but for a while, like the, your only chance of seeing King Kong versus Godzilla, the Japanese version was paying like 70 bucks for a laser disc
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wouldn't have an English translation at all. I remember it was I remember I was obsessed for a while with son of the character of, of Minya, the son of Godzilla. For some reason, this buddy of mine and me were just obsessed with the son of Godzilla, the way he looked. And I had to go and I went to Ken Crane's Laserdisc. This is in college, and I did pay like sixty-five bucks for the Son of Godzilla from Japan, and it had no. There was no way to really understand what was going on. You could basically understand, but. I was always curious about the if there was some sort of animosity in in terms of the the, the various movie studios and whether that cleared up. Aaron, do we you know anything about that, or is that I, just? My I think it's
0: less animosity. I think it's more just uh, America likes to think they early's American studios like to think they know what's best for the audiences and just do it their mm-hmm. own way. At the same time, especially in the early days, you don't have many movies like this. So you don't have like kind of proven formula for what makes the most sense to work. So what they see is, well, here's some stuff that is entertaining in itself because it's, you know, giant effects or what have you, and it's showing you something exciting and thrilling. And here's also this side plot that involves Japanese politics or subtext or... Things that we assume American audiences don't care about, especially following World War II, where America's not exactly like, "Hey, Japan's great. Let's all celebrate the people of Japan." Uh, that's just how it is. That's not my opinion, obviously. Where they don't necessarily want to see things involving Japanese people suffering or what have you. They want to just get to the, you know, the stuff that is more universal, and that results in yeah, taking out, you know, cutting things around and making a film that's the most agreeably. Workable for uh, you know a drive-in double feature.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a big factor back in the day too. Is the drive-in double feature mm-hmm. runtimes getting is, things cut down? There's no major stars that American audiences know of. Uh, it's
0: just like yeah.
1: well, There's Raymond Burr
0: in this one. And, well, yeah, because you insert him. <laughs> we should we'll talk. Let's talk about that in a second. But what like
2: percentage of that what percentage of the of this version survives in the Raymond Burr version. Do we know?
0: Uh, they take th- this movie takes out a lot of the. Pretty much everything that can like be connected to the you know the um, things concerning the fallout of nuclear of, nu- of the nuclear bombs in Hiroshima, like anything that can kind of be seen as this is a response directly to that, that's taken out. Uh, like so, it's it's a neutered film. It doesn't have the kind of the the sense of dread is still kind of there. Um, and Burr does a good job of what he's given. Like he did try. Like he's given interviews mm-hmm. where he talks about how it's like, yeah, I wanted I wanted to. You know, I was given this job and it's like okay I'm gonna put my effort into it like he wasn't ashamed of being in these or anything like that like he seemed to like be a good sport about this he even came back for the 84 return of Godzilla yeah, I remember that yeah, yeah. which is so, also also I... you know also cut scenes of him in it and everything.
2: He's not the Japanese version of Godzilla 84, or whatever it was called originally.
0: It, it's, uh, yeah, the return of Godzilla, or Godzilla, or, it's just called, it's really just called Godzilla, but because you want to differentiate it's Godzilla 84, or Godzilla, or the return of Godzilla.
2: So, and Burr is not in the Japanese He's on the No,
0: he's not in the Japanese one, he's just in the- He American. should have,
2: he should have, but he's dead, They should have gone back and put him in all of them. He should be in Godzilla versus the Sea Monster in America. There should be 20 minutes of <laughs> trying to warn people about Godzilla and the Sea Monster. He might be in one... I'm trying to
0: think. He might be in, like, one more. I can't think of. Um...
2: Did they bother doing Return of Godzilla or whatever? Godzilla Raids again, the second one? Did they do that in America? They called the Fire Beast something gigantous, right? Wasn't that what it was called? One second.
0: Uh, yeah, some of them have <laughs> some ideas for their names. Like, All Monsters Attack is called Godzilla's
2: Revenge. I think the um, second one it's not even called Godzilla. It's called, like, something, something. Godzilla's to...
0: Counter-Attack. There it is. Um, that's that's Godzilla Raids again. That's the second thing. Godzilla's Counter-Attack
2: is their version. It's called America?
0: Yeah, Godzilla's Godzilla, Godzilla Godzilla the Fire Monster, and there is... Yeah, Godzilla the Fire Monster is one of the American titles they have for it.
2: Godzilla's Counter-Attack is a terrible title.
0: Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of weird choices. Like, mm-hmm. there's um Godzilla versus Megalon... In America, it's still called that, but it does have a poster featuring Godzilla and Megalon fighting on top of the World Trade Center buildings, which is, like, they're not in America at all in that movie, but that's what they went with for a time. Yeah. I
2: remember seeing that somewhere. Yeah. What a it's lie. A, uh, by the
0: time this, by the time this uh, commentary track comes out, I'll have an article on We Live Entertainment that has, like, 20 facts about Godzilla, and I detail a lot of the stuff that I'm going over
1: right now. But, you won't believe number
0: 18. Uh, you yeah. won't. <laughs> what is number I can pull it up. What is number 18? Oh, it involves Dr. Pepper. You'll hear more about that when you read the article.
2: <laughs> That's funny in the in the 76 King Kong poster, he's got his he's got his feet worn on either tower of the World yeah. Trade Center. Also,
0: mm-hmm,
2: yeah. Possible and doesn't happen in the movie. He just jumps
0: point- from one tower to the other. <laughs>
2: At some point in our culture we stopped being okay with the exaggeration that used to happen on movie posters like James Bond's tuxedo underneath his spacesuit in the moonraker poster okay. like at some reason we phased out that fanciful element of movie posters where now you've got to give me what you're showing me in the poster you
1: know that <laughs> you... poster lied
2: yeah uh, the poster uh, lied okay. right well but we what... got
1: away from art. <laughs>
2: I guess that's what it is. You wouldn't do that today. You'd be afraid of people who'd want their money back because King Kong didn't actually step on both Trade Center Towers at the same time. (laughs) I mean,
1: well, Escape Uh, from New York has a Statue of Liberty's head on the ground, which uh, never happens in the movie. We had to go to Cloverfield to get that. But then Cloverfield (laughs) decided that they they wanted to do that. And so they made and they wanted their poster to be like a response to that and have the body of the Statue of Liberty with the head off.
2: Oh yeah. That they That's also they deliver could. by throwing the head onto the street. <laughs> yeah, they do. They did, yes. Do we actually see the, the Statue of Liberty without the head in that movie? Yeah, they show like a shot yeah, of they... a helicopter flying okay. around
0: it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah, like I, I I'm a big fan of, of of Cloverfield of the um the Matt Reeves Cloverfield film and I I I like that Matt Reeves has this like reference for kaiju movies and that he wanted to make an American version of that and do it his own way. I think there's a lot of clever stuff in that movie.
2: Now, are there any other were there any other imitators of this movie that were imitators in terms of the seriousness of tone? Like, is the first Gamera played? (laughs) Is it serious?
0: I I, there are certainly a lot of imitators, but they're not imitators. Yes, they're not ones that are doing it because they need to attack some kind of social message. Um, You can argue that some of them might be, but that might more be like after the fact thinking uh, nowadays trying to read into it more than the filmmakers had in mind. I will say the director of this film is Shiro Honda. He did direct, he directed Mothra. Uh, he directed yeah. Rodan. He directed, uh, Was it, uh, Frankenstein versus, uh, Frankenstein uh, Conquers the World <laughs> and, uh, and the War of the Gargantuas. Yeah. And his, his, his takes on kaiju films, with some exceptions, like All Monsters Attack, for example, they do try to have something going on in them. Uh, I wouldn't say they're like significant plays about the, you know, the nature of humanity or the nuclear bomb or what have you. But he, I mean, even before Godzilla, he did a a lot of films that focused on things that concerned his experiences with World World War II and politics in Japan. At the time he did a movie called The H-Man after Godzilla, which is a sci-fi film that deals a lot with, Similar, it's a nuclear, nuclear explosion-based fallout and whatnot. Um, and his other monster movies, even the Godzilla movies he returned to, they tend to have a more serious edge to them than the others. Um, but it's still a Godzilla movie, and the, the audience is still kind of younger, or at least the, the Toho is skewing younger with their audiences, so they weren't like... They wanted them to be more kid friendly than being about something that's you know meaningful and powerful and is going to make you think afterwards. Right. That's it. Like he he did the second Mechagodzilla movie, Terror of Mechagodzilla, which it is it is different from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla uh, as far as the the attitude of it, the tone, the atmosphere. Like it's trying to be darker, a darker film than. Mechanical Godzilla is for whatever it's worth when it comes to big suit machines attacking each other.
2: Right.
1: Hmm.
0: We've been talking about this barely about this movie specifically now for twenty minutes, but we've yet to see Godzilla. By the way, not uh, not an uncommon thing in Godzilla movies. For everyone that wants to complain about a lack of Godzilla, no one complains about a lack of sharks and jaws. But you know, what do I know? <laughs>
1: Or the lack of bride in Bride of Frankenstein? Exactly, yeah, right. <laughs> well, how long until we see King Kong? It's probably about
2: this. It's probably oh, about It's like start, half right? the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, that again, I think that's. we go. Scap- Here's Godzilla, 20, 22 there, minutes there.
0: in. You get, a, you get a little shot of him.
2: Looking a little different than mm-hmm. usual. Cool? Yeah, the Are suit you-
0: certainly evolves over time. Similar to uh, Brandon, similar to Michael Myers masks. You get a mm-hmm.
2: you get new ones why did it, all the time. Did, did it dissolve? Did these things dissolve quickly or it's why a mix
0: it? of things? One side some sometimes it's a matter of it just yeah, wear and tear because you have a guy, you know, in a hot suit okay. moving around, it's gonna wear and tear on you. the Toho studio has a giant like a uh, pool, similar to like Universal's big pool where they filmed like the end of Truman Show and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, they have something like that, and so putting a Godzilla suit in there is gonna you know cause damage and cause it to erode over time or corrode over time. Yeah. Um, and then when you get to just you know the different eras of Godzilla films, every director wants to have their own take on Godzilla, so they're making new suits to kind of fit their vision for the films. Right. During the Heisei era, I think they're making. I think the th- the third film of that is Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and someone stole the suit <laughs> so they had to like get a new suit for the next one after that so it's like things like that happen too. Obviously now it's just CG so <laughs> Although the the most recent Toho one Shin Godzilla which is a ton of fun uh, and we, we were just talking about Veep before we started this episode, Shin Godzilla is like, what if Veep was a Godzilla movie? Because there's so much like, hey, let's add on a bunch of political satire to go over like the 311 um, nuclear disaster that happened in Japan in addition to being a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. very entertaining for that reason, it both being kind of a political commentary, comic comedy as well as being a Godzilla film
2: that still utilizes a man in a suit. Now, let me ask you guys something. They just showed a still of a particularly fat-looking... <laughs> yeah <laughs> did they do that after the fact to match the fact because Godzilla's kind of dumpy he's, he's a little his bottom half is a little bit he's bottom heavy Godzilla usually did they redraw that to match Godzilla I've never seen a dinosaur <laughs> look so fat I mean <laughs> Aaron I, I,
0: I I'm not too up to date on when our dinosaur research really you know went pretty heavy on the thing so I don't know I don't know what we thought of dinosaurs looked like in 54.
2: I In think they pretty much knew fifty four that they were like, you know.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm sure they probably put put together some kind of chart that matches <laughs> something similar to Godzilla. Although Godzilla's not really a dinosaur and he's not a a lizard, he's just a monster.
2: He's not a gorilla
0: or a whale he's not either. Not a gorilla or a whale. Yeah, go, yeah, so people that don't know Gojira is a combination of the Japanese words for gorilla and whale. So it's a gorilla whale is the meaning of the term Godzilla. <laughs>
2: When I first heard that, I spent some time trying to figure out how that had, what that had to do with this creature, and then I realized that they didn't have anything to do with it. But yeah, it's just it's like, there's no whale. It's just two big things. <laughs> no zilla, no no gorilla, no whale. In it just there. sounds cool. Gojira. Exactly. <laughs> Gojira! Yeah. What well, was it originally going to be an octopus or something? I read. Yeah, there's a
0: there's a version of this where an oct- like some kind of octopus like monster is the was the the idea that you were coming up with to.
2: Which would have been directly inspired by the Harry Harryhausen. What was that called? It came from beneath the sea. It came from beneath the
0: sea, which came out before this one, yeah.
2: And more importantly, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms Fathom, came up. Yeah. This one, and that is actually, I think, probably the reason why this one takes relatively long time to get to Godzilla, because I think in the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, there are rumors of this creature, and one guy has seen it. We don't really get to see it until it's about time to destroy whatever it. it down it destroys in that mm-hmm. um but i think that was a big influence on this too the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, oh yeah right. for
0: sure yeah, Creates,
2: right? yeah. Right.
0: That, that was one of honda's like ideas
1: for doing this whole thing
2: But that has no similar haunting meaning to americans which is interesting
1: yeah. geiger counters <laughs> it was the the invention of the middle 1900s that was remember batman had a geiger counter he always mm-hmm. had with him yeah it's a, I mean, it's a neat
0: device because it's like it sounds cool for one thing. Yeah, but also just, it, you know, you get near an radiation and it makes that clicking noise, and it's like, it, yeah, that's a fun thing you can put onto a,
1: into a visual, that's super a, cinematic. Yeah, yeah, it
0: it works much like a theremin. It's like it just looks weird enough to be like, yeah, this is sci-fi now. Why not?
2: Theremin <laughs> still works too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we're looking at um, Akira Ter- Takarada. A, mm-hmm. a, a, he's the star here. He's. the... Uh, He's in multiple other Godzilla films as well. Um, He's a serious actor. Uh, He's a guy that was brought into this because he had a Toho contract, and they wanted him to, you know, just like lend a little bit of credence to their big monster movie they were making. And he went for it. He stuck with it. And there's a lot of actors in here. I I, I can't tell you all their credits or what have you, but I will say that the Godzilla films that followed this, especially in the later years, Toho is always cool about trying to bring back other members of the like old members of the cast. Whether or not they're playing the same characters, which they're often not because you don't generally have much of a continuity between many of these Godzilla movies. They did try to be like, let's make an effort to like, you know, keep this kind of thing going in the same way that you see with modern franchises, like legacy sequels and what have you that bring in act, you know, bring in Goldblum into a Jurassic World. You do the same thing with these ones. You're like, yeah, let's get, let's keep it all in the family. Let's make it all feel like you're watching a Godzilla movie again. So let's get familiar faces that you know the Japanese audiences will recognize.
2: Unless well, I'm the wrong version, uh, we're watching the scene. Is this like a City Hall scene, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that, mm-hmm. Wasn't that, that's Takashi Shimura we're talking about, the the guy who's playing? Sorry, the, yeah, I meant sorry. I, yeah, mm-hmm. very significant because he, he's in so many great Kurosawa. He's in, I he's think. Another he's a yeah. star of Akira which is my favorite Kurosawa movie he's also in the Seven Samurai, Seven Samurai. he's probably the <laughs> second most notable Kurosawa actor outside of uh
1: Takeshi, Toshiro uh, Toshiro yeah. yeah.
2: my dad when I was a kid I, a kid my dad pointing out this guy is in sort of legitimizing this movie by saying, you know, he's in a lot of great Kurosawa movies. And look, I read he... the
0: wrong name. That's why I was like, oh, <laughs> I
2: the... whether they correct you or not, but I love that actor so much. Yeah. No, yeah. There's just, there's a lot hey, of doctors.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like trying to keep up and do all this stuff. I hear you.
2: And it reminds me of the only other movie, the movie that would make a great double feature with this. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It wasn't one of the Kurosawas that really was ever circulated much. It's called I Live in Fear. Probably mm-hmm. from the same year as this, it looks just like this, like a film noir. And it's got Tishiro Mifune playing probably 20 years older than he really was as a man who is so terrified of the atomic bomb that he's trying to get his family to move away from Japan. None of them take it seriously. Only he seems to have the appropriate fear response and he sort of goes, goes crazy. But that's the only other movie I've seen. Shame on me for being less culturally uh, literate, but it's the only other movie I've seen from the era that, that deals directly with how they Japanese felt uh, 10 years or so later after the, the atomic bomb.
0: I'm trying to think of what year that because this is this is actually the same year Seven Samurai. These are both
2: 54. Um, The Kachishimura,
0: yeah, yeah, good year (laughs) for good year for Toho. Yeah,
2: (laughs) this was a big hit, I'm assuming in in Japan. It was it
0: was was a big hit, yes. It was even a decent hit in America. Like it it did its job as far as the making a a cut of it and everything. Like
2: how many giant monsters are there between Godzilla, between King Kong, and this? There aren't that many,
1: are there?
0: I Maybe mean, you mentioned some of them, but even then, it's is not. Yeah, I think I think them is before this.
1: I mean, there's a bunch for the like atomic era, yeah, going on, but, it's, but it, yeah, no, this, they're the, one and done. Yeah, yeah. God,
0: Godzilla is the film that like launched the like giant kaiju, like it it, it created the monster boom that happened. Yeah, the to- and they
1: didn't have the, names either; it was just yeah. like
0: a big thing. Yeah, like, the, this this one like made the the tokusatsu genre really explode as far as like yeah let's get monsters that are big let's do that let's and let's you know we'll we'll make miniatures and have pseudomation going and you know just have giant stuff happening as opposed to like you know stop motion animation which is obviously you know it worked it was working well but uh this is like something different this is something and it was you know probably arguably probably cheaper if i had to guess
2: well, stop motion so time consuming there's only a yeah. few guys can do it i'm wondering though i always thought I saw this with our friend Peter Paris uh-huh. <laughs> in 2004 for the first time at the New Art here in L.A., this version of Godzilla, and I remember it was during that screening that it dawned on me, oh, I see what it is about the giant monsters. It's it, it's that cultural memory of the of the towering mushroom cloud is it, something that to them is sort of real. So they have this idea in a way that we in America don't of this towering menace looming over one of our cities. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. Does the giant monster thing go back before the war in Japan, or is this the beginning of giant monsters? This this is the beginning of giant
0: monsters. I mean, yeah. the, just to back up, uh, I, I live in Fear is Fifty Five, so it's a year after Godzilla okay. for Kurosawa. By the way, Ishiro Honda and and Kurosawa good friends. They are great friends, yeah, and he and if Honda's worked on on Kurosawa's later films when he stopped making kind of big monster movies, he worked on Kagamusha, he worked on Ron, he worked oh. on Dreams. He was a second unit on some of those films, and they're oh. consultants
2: sour, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Um as far what were you saying? What were you asking? Um
2: This is with a giant monsters Oh. Back.
0: The, oh um, I mean there's an iconography associated with things like the dragons, honestly, which is, you know, part of where Ghidorah's inspiration came from as far as being a you know, three headed dragon. Um, but the the notion of a giant monster such as this, I mean the, yeah, like you was mentioned the the it came from Beef the Sea, the, the twenty thousand fathoms, like those movies served in king kong obviously served as like a certain inspiration but the we should talk we should talk more about this now the the whole metaphor here which is fairly obvious is mm-hmm. and a, even then most people it's not wrong to say yes nuclear war that the atomic age was a, a big reason why this movie was made it's a, a response to that it's similar to saying like slavery is the cause of civil war like yes that's the that's the main thing that got this going the big the a larger element is the um, the lucky strike situation that's a uh you know as america was testing you know h-bombs in you know the ocean um that had that had that caused problems it caused uh, a whole fishing boat and like all, like all the all the fish to get radiated in the surrounding area the fishing boat got all that fish sold them everybody got you know people got sick died what have you and that's a lot of what this movie is. I mean, it, at the begin, even you get a reference to that at the beginning of this movie, where a fishing boat is attacked by Godzilla, and you see the kind of fallout of that. It's a it's a combination of things as far as something from the sea that's terrible is coming at these people, as well as yes, yeah, something that's just big and powerful and unstoppable is stomping all over these cities, <laughs> much in the way uh, that America responded to Japan's involvement in the Axis powers. Like it's. It's there. It's all right in front of you, being shown. Like this is this is what we're ta- this is what we're taking away from that. We're showing you a, a giant th- unstoppable threat destroying our cities, and we're in fear. We don't know what to do uh, because people in power had other ideas for what was good for us, and it that's why this movie works as a as a horror film. Like it's. It's cheesy now. Like you, I don't watch this with the lights off and think, "Oh, I'm getting scared." But
1: I mean, I can see how well, you. I and... I have to say, I'm glad you guys are here because I would be scared if I was.
2: <laughs> more effective than you would think a Godzilla movie would be in terms of being unsettling. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's people really screaming in terror in this movie, <laughs> especially, especially in this first one, where you know yeah. it
0: is this kind of ambiguous thing that's arriving it has heat breath it's stomping everything it doesn't ha- seem to have a motivation it's just there it doesn't care about anything it just wants to go all over the, the town and stomp stuff and the military can't seem to stop it it's like what do we do
2: like... that's also a thing you, where you can compare this to earlier to King Kong and and, and the the squid and 20,000 league. is that this Godzilla is so big Mm-hmm uh-huh. It's almost like a human is just a complete ant to Godzilla. Godzilla doesn't really even conceive that the little humans are there. He's knocking down these giant buildings. He exists on almost another level than humanity does, Mm similar to the size of an atomic bomb. That I'm assuming, yes, some of that is inherited from giant dinosaur movies like *Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms*. Yeah, but it is supercharged by this haunted thing in, in in this movie. And I think that is. That, I, I guess that was right then. That perception that I had watching, finally seeing this version, was that it was Godzilla's sheer size is what lends this myth its weight because it it's a size that is so big that humanity is just a is 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 is, a, is a, an ant, a minor concern, you know. Whereas King Kong is twenty five feet tall. He sees you. He's just a really big ape. And there's, I mean, I think that
0: that also yeah. speaks to the the stop motion animation practice where that adds personality. That adds something that you can recognize in it like they're they're making they're making choices to give you a a character that you can relate to in some way even if it's primal you can feel bad for king kong when he's at the top of the empire state building and doesn't know what to do because he's just been brought there he's like i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing i'm not supposed to be here like i get that godzilla doesn't care and godzilla's design you know the eyes don't move the mouth you know it only opens and closes it doesn't have a personality to it Uh, at least in this first one. We can talk about the other ones later as far as what they do with Godzilla. (laughs) But this first film, it's just a thing. It's just a giant thing that stomps on things that are, you know, not not nearly as big as it because it can. It has no real motive beyond, I just come out of the sea and destroy you because here I am.
2: And that terrifies adults, but children somehow always find a way to find that endearing. Giant... Kids saw... have
0: toys. Kids have small cars that they can stomp on or move around themselves. They have they have this control over the world that they're in, as far as their you know the play the things they get to play with or what have you, and just a sense of na- a naivete. Obviously, honestly. you can
2: see you can see. I
0: think I think you can find that connection with Godzilla, as far as like it's just this thing that's stomping around doing whatever it wants to because it has control over its own world.
2: But he is still, for some reason, somehow sympathetic. Why is he sympathetic?
1: Huh.
0: I don't. I can't say it's the same kind of connection as like man and the dog. You know, man like man and animal and man and their pet. In most cases, in movies, as a dog, um, I can't say it's necessarily something like that. As far as like treating that badly or treating an animal poorly, I don't know. I maybe there's some kind of just reverence you automatically have for something like this because of its unique nature.
2: Well, he's and not. It, I'm, we're not watching this now with sound. With sound, but he's not. He didn't come to existence because of atomic energy. He's like a, a sort of, was he awakened? It's or he's- awakened is like,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, no, I mean, no. Then in this film, yes, it is. It is a, it is partially a result of nuclear testing. Cause that's how they, that's how they kill it. They use the, the, uh, a hydrogen bomb to create it. And a hydrogen, at uh, least so of the, what is it called? The, the, oxygen- uh, the oxygen destroyer is what kills it. Like it's. There, there's something, and I mean later Godzilla films do try to explain like what Godzilla is, <laughs> but um, it is something that's been irradiated to become bigger.
2: All right, now he is, but in this yeah. one, this original conception, I think it's more the natural world kicking back. That's kind of what Godzilla is.
0: Yeah, to, to yeah, comment? it's something that's been down there, and that's what the, like the newest, like the the twenty-four, the Gareth Edwards version is. It's just like they've always been here, these titans.
2: Right. Interesting. It's just interesting that that's how they would, you know, and that that then becomes a sympathetic hero character.
0: Yeah, It something of. I mean, yeah. Obviously, they change the kind of. It, it, he becomes basically an anti-hero for a while before he just straight up becomes, you know, a hero of the world, <laughs> someone that right. someone that fights right. that that fights for survival of of mankind reluctantly. Cause like King Kong vs Godzilla and even Mothra vs Godzilla, Godzilla's just you know he's the enemy and he basically loses both battles. Some say it's a tie Ooh. in King Kong vs Godzilla, but like he didn't win. <laughs> like, so by the time you get to Ghidorah, Godzilla's actually fighting for the greater good of like we need to get rid of Ghidorah or else humanity's gonna get fucked.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just yeah. I had a flashback to my memory of being a little kid and seeing that. Seeing King Kong in Godzilla versus King Kong, I remember realizing that something was amiss. <laughs> he wasn't. He didn't look like King Kong, and he wasn't moving like King Kong. Yeah, because
0: it's a guy in it, it's like a big, looked, big suit. And it's, it's like really yeah,
2: looked I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> it's like, that's they shouldn't. That, I bet that's part of the reason that guy in suit gets so little respect is that King Kong as a stop motion worked so much better. Although King Kong as a CG character works even better than as a stop motion if you can get objective about it which I don't know if you need to with King Kong but I think the CG in, in the Kong and Skull Island are both pretty great. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you
0: also have you have the the benefit of terrific motion capture actors. You have you have Terry Notary in Kong Skull Island, you have Andy Serkis, you know, doing Kong. The the, the mix of technology mm-hmm. and actor I think it, it really helps out in this, in this situation. Obviously King, King Kong thirty three. There's plenty of respect to go to the the visual effects for uh, stop motion to make that work, and it does. It has its own unique feel that isn't replicated. Honestly, you can't like create. You can't do that again. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You can do stop motion again, but you can't do it. There's no. You, you can run the program again in CG to do that CG program again. You can't do the same thing with stop motion.
2: Right. Stop motion feels like it's happening in a space between the rest of the movie and the viewer. To me, it feels like one dimension closer. That's why those characters are always so appealing. Like it's so ridiculous. I, I've scraped the bottom of the barrel of stop motion. Where I'm watching like the Black Scorpion or the Giant, <laughs> just for like 75 seconds of really great. Not not even Ron, uh, Roy Harry uh, Ray Harry House in the stop motion. Like I find that such a magical process to watch. Even Absolutely. just any footage of stop motion, you know. But well, I wouldn't I- want to see a stop motion Godzilla because the the limitation of this is now built into what Godzilla is. Like he has to destroy cities. It has to be. I've never seen. Well, I guess I have seen the Gareth Edwards uh, Godzilla, but it seems sacrilegious to do a Godzilla that's not somehow a man in a suit. I mean, it is. I
0: mean, a, mm-hmm. It is a, ga- a motion capture guy in a suit. <laughs> so, I know what you're saying. I hear what you're All saying. Right. And the uh, Toho certainly—that's come up before, as far as doing a stop motion version of it. Like that's been a an idea tossed around that they always reject because it's too costly.
2: Just wouldn't he wouldn't be able to be have the You would just. You just feel that money burning when you're watching stop motion. I can't imagine they could do the extravagantly long wrestling matches they started doing in these things, you know? I mean,
0: they did it in King Kong. He's got one of the best movie fights is him versus that Tyrannosaurus Rex.
2: (laughs) Well, it took him a lot of time.
0: (laughs) It did take him a lot of time. But then, you know, Son of Kong came out like t- nine months later, like they didn't, they didn't wait.
2: I'm not disparage, son of. I like Son of Kong. Of not disparage I'm not disparaging.
0: I'm just saying it's you know it's a stop motion. It has stop motion effects in it. But it's not like it took them four more years to make it. They did it months later.
2: Yeah, and no one ever <laughs> talked about that. It came out like six months later. Yeah,
0: it's like they didn't wait. They're like, okay, guys, we're striking while the iron's hot here.
2: Yeah. So what do you guys think of the uh, two American remakes then?
0: The Emmerich version is a disaster. Um, Mm -hmm. I I rewatched it not too long ago because I hate myself apparently. And I think it's, it it feels, it's so, because Emmerich just did Independence Day like two years before this or what have you. Yeah, that's 98, 96, yeah. So so he just did that movie and it feels like every decision he made in that movie in Independence Day was like reversed in this movie. Because there's no charm in it every character seems ill suited to the role that they're given uh, and any kind any sense of like wow that you get from seeing something like practical effects in independence day feels very badly done in godzilla there's so much darkness and rain to shroud the thing in mystery and then as a godzilla movie it's awful like it does it's, it does so like bad at being a movie about godzilla is not not in terms of screen time but just in terms of how you're choosing to interpret this character for For a movie like this,
1: well, it was Godzilla for like the Jurassic Park audience. For a lot of it, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where they were riven for more so than they were trying to hit that uh, bit of pop culture hot streak there. But rather than make a Godzilla movie, yeah, it was it was the attraction of oh man, if they can do dinosaurs, you know, with CG and stuff, Louis Spielberg and them were doing, we can we can do that with Godzilla.
0: Yeah, and it's and the and their whole campaign was like going against the Lost World Jurassic Park, where they're like size does matter. And mm-hmm. look at how big our monster is compared to the dinosaurs. In the trailer, Godzilla steps on a Tyrannosaurus Rex's skeleton because it's so big. Right. And then the third act is all a bunch of Velociraptors in Madison Square Garden. So it's like, what are you trying yep. to do here? Yep, <laughs> yeah. Like well, a... <laughs> I
1: remember that that that's one of the few instances where they showed that trailer a year in advance. Yeah, they had, it had it a, a huge trailer lead time
0: for... on that one. Yeah
1: like a year in advance and everybody's was like, Ooh, and then it ended up just being this piece of, I mean, that's almost like if you could come up with like generic summer blockbuster of that era and just like do a random mad libs that would fit it.
0: No, yeah. It's a film that I regard as like one of the worst, like wide, wide release mainstream summer movies. Cause it who just... would
1: fill the Jeff Goldblum vote, uh, vibe. Oh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah. Who's our Sam Neill? Jean Renault, I guess. <laughs> or a foreign uh foreign kind of superstar trying to break him in America. Let's get Jean Renault. Uh yeah, like it's yeah, it's really crazy. He's like, "Oh yeah, you only got a couple minutes of city destruction in uh, Lost World, we're going to give you a whole movie of it."
0: Where Godzilla's like sneaking around even though it's a giant lizard, but somehow sneaks away very conveniently and no one knows where he goes. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: And then the next Japanese movie rightfully killed it.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> Godzilla. Toho hated Godzilla so much They took the rights immediately away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, They don't refer to the Godzilla in Emmerich's version As Godzilla, they call it Zilla Because it's like, this is no Godzilla And in Godzilla Final Wars The 2004 Godzilla film Godzilla, Godzilla faces off against Every single one of his adversaries ever and z- Including Zilla Who just appears, he's completely CG And he's wiped out in one of the shortest battles of all of Godzilla history. <laughs> That's how much Toho hates that, that movie. Yeah. Um, the 2014 Godzilla, on the other hand, and I'm happy to be talking about this right as Godzilla's made his second appearance in this movie, yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes in. Um, that movie, I think, is fantastic. Uh, and it's it's weird to me that the it seems as if, like, there's a... It seems like the, the the accepted opinion is that the population was mixed on it. Yet it was a well reviewed film that was a huge hit back in twenty fourteen. Like it yeah. it made money and got great reviews. Like it, it did its job. And they're correct because that movie works. Um, I can understand like certain arguments against like, well, the characters aren't like they're not they're not the most memorable of characters. I don't be hard-pressed to tell you the the, mem- the many memorable characters in any other Godzilla film so it's like I don't feel like that's the really the point of any Godzilla movie what I think it does absolutely correct is its handling of Godzilla the the reverence that Gareth Edwards brings to that movie of, of about how you see this character this giant creature and the way he uses camera setups to show him from only people's perspectives it's glorious Oh man, that
1: that mm -hmm. dude is a master, before you move on, uh, Evans is a master of scale, like I, I, Mm -hmm. it's just, he made that small film with Scoot McNary, Monsters, yeah, Monsters, yeah, and even in that, you're just amazed by how big he can make things feel, and it it leads on to Rogue One as well, with a lot of those ground battle, uh, with walkers and stuff, just the uh, ground perspective of seeing them, just super impressive things. Yeah. And with
0: Godzilla, I mm-hmm. mean the the inspirations are so clear watch and I've watched it a lot cuz I really like it, but the inspiration is so clear. He's doing Spielberg. And I'm not going to say like it's at that level, but you can clearly see the inspiration there in ways where ways where other directors frankly have failed. Like I like obviously like JJ Abrams is one that calls to Spielberg a lot in his film, especially Super 8, where
1: No, you didn't get it.
0: It feels yeah. like a nice homage, but honestly Edward's film like there's so much great setup going on. There's so much great mood and atmosphere. I there's that whole skydiving scene, or um, halo jump sequence that's just absolutely yeah, that's... breathtaking to me. That uses like 2001 music. Like it's so mm-hmm. cool and so like so artfully done for a giant kaiju movie. So it's like yes, give me give me all of that. But Brett Yancy, what what do you have thoughts on these movies, the American ones?
2: I you know I only saw I saw them both once I think. And to be honest, I I. I was sort of I liked the Emmerich one more than you guys did and I liked I actually didn't hear Brandon what you thought of the newer one but but I liked the newer one I guess slightly less than than you guys did I think they're kind of both okay what you were saying earlier about how in the Toho or not Toho but in the in the the modern Japanese versions they kill that version of Godzilla and clearly it's not going to satisfy people who want to see a, a, america do a respect respect the original intellectual property it's a completely different movie but i have this superpower i guess what i can just watch the movie and just not not bother that it's called godzilla and just watch it as a stupid movie and i remember thinking it was not as good as independence day but that it was uh okay i didn't feel cheated I, I didn't think it was. I didn't think the Lost World was that good, and, and and I thought that it was kind of crappy at the time. I mean, you're right. <laughs> but, you know, the whole thing with the ending of the Lost World, where the T Rex goes around San Diego, at the time the buzz was that he did that as a sort of preemptive strike against Godzilla, to sort of be the first one to do a, a you know a monster running around. Mm-hmm. That was the. I, I don't know whether he's that kind of guy. Who knows? But but like you know, I, I remember coming out of Godzilla: The Roland Emmerich going, "Yeah, it's all right, the giant monster movie." And the, the 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 2014 one, I love the actual last fifteen or so minutes where where we finally see Godzilla and there's some really show-stopping stuff there. I did think that the the buildup was so pregnant that it felt sort of unearned. It, it, he does do a lot of Spielberg kind of stuff, but I thought that it was sort of uh, a little self. I don't want to say self-important, but sort of bloated for the sake of being bloated. So I, I wasn't as... I, some of the cast was a little bit dull, too, in that one. But I really like Skull Island, so I'm looking forward to this new Godzilla, certainly the new one that, that I know you, Aaron, are looking forward to. I yeah.
0: Mean, you're, throwing me, you're throwing me a modern
1: Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra into one movie, yeah. so it's like, right. what,
0: what am I not going to see here?
1: <laughs> right. Brad, right. what were you saying? No, I was going I'm not as high as Aaron is on Godzilla. I like it quite a bit. I liked it more on, like, the second time second or third time i watched it but like skull island i love that one like, oh, uh, like
0: okay. i'm a huge fan of Skull island as well this, I mo- love this that monsterverse one. is working for me right now guys. Like, right yeah
1: <laughs> and i'm excited for this new godzilla like it's like oh sh-
0: wow going honestly, all in honestly like in the realm of all these superhero movies which yeah i'm a fan of as well but like studios have been or at least water brothers has been like let's put out monster movies, and they've been—they've got these ones, they had that Rampage movie of Dwayne Johnson last year, where I was like, yeah, that's fun, like, they got, got gi- giant monsters flying around Chicago, like, I'm cool with that, you had the Pacific Rim films, where it's like, right? yeah, they're not the most intellectually deaf, but at the same time, I got, you know, giant robots versus kaiju in these movies, it's like, I, I like that we've gone all in on this kind of genre in the modern age, like, that's fun to me. Yeah, like, it's... E- even Power Rangers has a giant you know Mechazord fight. Like it's like we're just doing this. right.
1: We we'll get our Ultraman American reboot. That mm-hmm.
0: going. And Nancy, as you said, you've only seen both of those films once. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I will. Well, I, I you know I may have seen the Amric one twice. I probably amended that to be more interesting. But
0: no, I understand and that that film. It's also two hours and twenty. It's so long. It's it's the longest Godzilla movie. Like, so. I just but I remember like
2: you were saying it like you were saying about this new. And I remember at the time that one came out. I remember thinking, well, no, it wasn't that great. But let's be honest, most of these original Godzilla movies aren't that great either. So this one actually is a little sort of zippier than some of them. If we're being totally, well, I mean,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, it comes. I, down I get to it. it. Mm-hmm. Like
1: a lot of people, like you see, like for some reason, you know, they're forgiving of the shortcomings from an older film or one they had in their childhood, when a modern movie of similar silliness or imperfections comes along, they'll they'll kill it for that because they were more adult when they first saw it. Like it tends to happen all the time.
0: Yeah. And like, I'm as, as happy as I am to talk about Godzilla, go over this movie and like distribute weird amount of praise to various entries in the Godzilla franchise. I'm not above the understanding that yes, these are not the best movies, like there, there are ones that stand out for sure. I can talk about this one all day. I can talk about Godzilla versus Biollante because it has a giant uh, <laughs> plant monster that he faces up against. It's some of the most creative monster design I've ever seen in a movie, and I can talk all day about the Gareth Edwards Godzilla and you know various other entries involving Ghidorah, or what have you. But like, yeah, none of them are. It's it's not as if I'm talking about them because of like the amazing screenplay work that they had or the in depth characters they worked with. And the it's gravitas
1: just, of Brian Cranston
0: and it was this that's there's another thing like we talk a lot about Brian Cranston in that movie and like he dies too early one thing I mean yeah you generally have Godzilla movies where like one of the scientists dies like he says a bunch of exposition then he's taken out of the movie it just kind of makes sense it's Probably, all but that, they
1: leave us with Aaron Taylor Johnson best that's the
2: actor, problem. not the, the, the nothing was Brian Cranston I would rather have spent time with Brian Cranston and Julia Binoche than with uh Aaron Johnson and um, Scarlett Elizabeth Olsen. Like, I mean, that she's early in it, but yeah, I know, I know, I know what you
0: not, mean. At, the same, like, time, at so. the same time, at the same time, Krentz in that movie, he's a big ham sandwich. Like, he's like he's so big. Where I'm like, I don't know if I want two hours of him being this well, big, uh, like trying to outdo we, Godzilla.
2: <laughs> I don't see why you don't just keep them alive. They used to be able to do that in in older 70s disaster movies, which the New Godzilla kind of was. You could have things happening on different fronts, and they do. They have. Elizabeth Olsen is off trying to save the kids at a school, right? While Aaron Johnson is with the his army unit. Well, or...
0: what, why I think he's—I'm not going to say perfect because whatever—but like, why I think his role is so like suited to what's being done there is that he's just—he's the same as like Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds, where he's just like along for the like every shot is, uh, everything involving him is because he happens to be around this at the same time.
2: If Tom Cruise had been killed in the first 15 minutes of War of the Worlds, and the rest was. Dakota Fanning and what's his name? It would have been a. I would have been like, oh. ah. Yeah. <laughs> <So full laughs> two actors, like, what are we? I, that, are people that but, terrified of making but, the movie where the but, characters? But, but, the, but the but the but the different
0: the difference there is that in War of the Worlds, you are focused on Tom Cruise as a character. In that Godzilla film in 2014 Godzilla, you're not focused on him as a character. He's just more like you're a your surrogate, so you can see all the stuff involving the Mutos and Godzilla going on. And what it,
2: could possibly it, it, been lost to, to keeping those two characters alive for most of the movie? What I can is, understand
0: and, that, but you also argue with me about like Doctor Strange being better than its script because it's cinema, and that's what I look at as Godzilla. Like I think I'm looking more on the idea of Godzilla and the like the presentation of this film from a what it's doing for me visually and with tone and with atmosphere over what the characterization is of the random people. on the It's lesser on the about.
1: the list of things that need to need to happen for it to at least work on a core level
0: which is akin to
1: godzilla movies in general <laughs> yeah true true but i don't know how's the monster Two, how's the destruction
2: everybody like, yeah. would rather have ryan Cranston, julie binoche than those two everybody old you are
1: but they are carrying over the right character with ken watanabe that so that's and sally hawkins like, yeah so the, the,
0: the, the um was it monarch the monarch crew and yeah. adding on, it, I mean, you got Coach Taylor, you got Kyle Chandler.
1: You got a lot and... of TV stars. That's what I noticed. They loaded it up with, like, uh-huh. Prestige, because they've got the girl from Stranger Things. They've got... Um... T- Tom Middlesditch. Yeah, Tom Middlesditch, uh, Um Gosh, now I'm Bradley just blanking Whitford. on their names. Yeah,
0: You got I- O'Shea Jackson Jr. in there. Not a TV star, but...
1: Yeah, so I mean, you got all those people that probably don't come with a huge price tag, but are recognizable faces, especially today's you know audience watching as much television as they do. No, hey, yeah,
0: you've got a. You've, here we go. We've seen atomic Breath for the first time.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> and like this is all played like there's no music here. Like it's. There's some music here. There it's subtle. Yeah, there's <laughs> it's, but it's like. It's not fun. Like it's not it's not yeah. like look at this wacky thing happening. Like it's playing this up as it's very serious. Like look at this shot. It's just Godzilla. I mean, honestly Shroud- this I- is
1: impressive looking. Uh-huh. I mean, it's dude in a costume with models but with a bunch of fire around him. You got to give it for what it is for the time. And mm-hmm. And how's it hold up for that? Like I mean, a lot of people have lost imaginations or you know don't know how to watch a movie that's, you know, old nowadays, but I mean, look at this. I'm still impressed with something. some of these like insert model shots or you can like just tell a little bit, but I'm still impressed by that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty close. It's pretty impressive. The
0: black and white cinematography helps too. You yeah. That helps shadow too. work. You get more contrast that really play with the the There's mood, a, that's honestly. A, that's, that, a, that's why this movie can get away with being more of a horror mm-hmm. film than the neck the upcoming ones, because they're all in color and they're focused more on like wrestling moves between monsters than they are about building dread
2: from the humans. I think what Brandon's saying is true. I found that to be true too in, in terms of cinema history if if care was really taken to make a special effect convincing, it holds up. If you intellectually have to say, well, I, I have CG now, so I don't like this anymore. That's one thing. But there are effects all through the history of movies that were so well done that they still look good. It's certainly a, a major example of that, of that is 2001, where the effects
1: yeah. are.
2: I mean, like, I, would it be that much better in CG? I don't know. That's just how dedicated Kubrick and his crew were, you know? But, right. I would yep. say that shot you were talking about, I mean, that. I don't know that that would be a more effective shot if that was a CG Godzilla, because even though I'm not supposed to know it, I do know that it's a guy stomping a film set, and there's something fun about watching that that can't be fun about watching zeros and ones on well, some there's,
1: level. There's a respect to knowing like how much effort went into like, hand crafting things. And actually having to do it rather than just a couple, you know, some points and clicks. I mean, not to say that there's not a lot of hard work that goes into CG because okay. there is. But um, just uh, there's a thing that, you know, I guess with mentally, like thinking about the, the craftsmanship and the, the physical labor and stuff to go through with getting it and shooting it right. And, you know, having to re- you know, set it up again to get it correct. You know, there's something that I is tangible with that. That comes through in the mind rather than you know computer design,
0: and that's which... where I can I can look at later Godzilla films and I can admire them for the costume effects, the work that they did to make these models come alive. And having <laughs> watched a bunch of them recently, you look at something like <laughs> like uh, Ghidorah who comes in for the first time it's like that's that is interesting there's a three-headed dragon in this movie that flies mm-hmm. like i don't see something like that before like that's a, that's something new and i can see that they're excited to do that cuz look at look at how they show it off i can look at late like i mentioned biolante already but that move that thing took like 17 puppeteers to to, to make to, to like make come to life and be like as threatening looking as it was there's what these movies kind of what these Godzilla movies specifically might like, come up short with in terms of cinematic value on an overall level. They come up with unique ideas for what Godzilla is going to face against, what's going to make this movie special. Not all of them are entirely successful. Some of them come off cheap. Some of them just rely on footage from older Godzilla movies to, to make the fight <laughs> come alive. Uh, but there are times when they're, especially in these later eras, when they're like, we're bringing Godzilla back. Let's reboot him. Let's do it again, where you can get a lot of newer advancements especially because it's still miniatures still guys in suits and make it work the best you can. The Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two, the two is inconsequential is just because they needed to differentiate it from the original Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but it has terrific fights in it because you it's made in the nineties and you have a lot more work with miniatures and whatnot. Like it's, we talked about this before Brandon, where it's like, what was the movie we talked about where it's like the best of practical effects, because this is like the end of that era where it's at the peak of it before CG took over. Like that's.
1: King or something. uh, maybe. Oh, what was that? We talked
0: about something like it was something late '90s. It was like something, mm-hmm. like, something Carpenter, Raimi, maybe like
1: just like. Were we talking about Evil Dead Two?
0: Uh, not Evil Dead. No,
1: 2.
0: it was something. trying to think what movies are have done for commentaries for. It was something like way late at that time where it's like right yeah, you can have Nicotero and uh, what was his name Rob Rob, Rob um, Botton.
1: Button. Uh, yeah, you
0: can have all of them like the K and B
1: guys. Yeah,
0: yeah, all of them like at the best of their abilities because this is because this is just where it is right now. Before we just don't use this stuff anymore in favor of CG.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, zombie. I, I I would think almost anybody in their right mind would prefer to see practical makeup on a zombie movie than CG. CG is only a cost-cutting measure. It never works. I know The Walking Dead uses it. I know the last couple of Romero used CG zombies. There's no reason for there to be CG gore effects, other than that it's probably easier and cheaper than doing the way they The Walking, Walking Dead, Dead is hev- heavy, heavily
0: practical. practical. Robert Dick and Taro is all practical. over that show.
2: <laughs> I know it- how much of it is CG. Is, is it all... Pra- I haven't watched it in years and years. It's Some very- blood
1: splatter might be there CG are some shots where right you have but to, like, insert something wise, in something well, so you can show, like, blades you're
2: going me, okay, through. Okay, you're, you're proving me right in that that's preferable. Why would you want – there definitely have been zombie movies that have done since the zombie craze where the zombies are all CG.
0: Oh, yeah, and I think that only works with something like World War Z where they're just a storm. And it's not about individual zombies at that point. It's about look at like this mass of things that are coming at you at just a, like, like a swarm of bees. Like I can appreciate that. It doesn't make me admire it necessarily. But I I get why you would make that choice over practical because it just feasibly. That's what you're not trying to do at that point. But I'm just yes,
2: I that no one made. like I, I, I think that if you really took the care and you really designed it well, you could make a practical effect two monster guy in suit movie. That would be great.
0: I mean Toho didn't stop Shin Godzilla from 2016 goes yeah. with guy in suit yeah. like it's a mix all of the, right. t- it's a mix of all effects but I mean still Toho didn't give up on this concept you, through all their Godzilla movies they never said let's do a full CG Godzilla they they certainly have CG enhancements over time there's CG involved I just watched Godzilla 2000 which has a CG UFO flying all over the place
2: <laughs> I'm just saying most if it's a cheap cheap indie movie they'll still do CG and it'll look like garbage I'm surprised someone has been more industrious and 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 brought back some of these earlier methods and just done them really
1: well. That I don't could think be a time thing too. Time might be less on a.
2: I guess, but you would think somebody would have done it because I don't. I, the, the 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 idea in Hollywood is obviously you can never give anybody anything but CG. Now they won't accept it. Do we know that that's actually true? The audience reaction has actually determined that, or is that just sort of? No,
0: it's not determined that at all. It's all you know this work here. So why would we do it this way? That's that's
1: and that's I, always what it is. It is. <laughs> like that's,
0: that's and a, a lot of really
1: young people. Like they see reverse with the CG thing. So I mean, like they like the computer. Even though I I feel I don't feel it's all that way. But there's like a I don't know. Sometimes I can see a weightlessness to it. Sometimes I'm really impressed. Sometimes I don't know what CG and I think it's practical. Um, I, mean, I guess that's with the with the best yeah with the best you wouldn't know. But to crutch on it, I don't know. I think practical is having a a little bit of a resurgence but i mean not heavily i think they'll still usually go to cg
2: i mean jurassic park wouldn't have been jurassic park if they'd gone stop motion and i'm glad they didn't but uh, i think there's certain cases where it's less appropriate and there are some movies there the cg is absolutely essential and 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 is amazing and there's other movies where i just feel like you know they probably could vary it up a little bit like you know obviously you know any movie where there's two guys fighting and it's rendered in cg seems to me to be the kind of thing audiences will eventually make fun of
0: (laughs) i mean it 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 already is in some cases i mean you Mm -hmm. can you can look at examples that like when it comes down to execution around it at that point where there's such a house template disney's big on this as well not just in the superhero movies but just in all of their movies in general these days they seem to all run through the same second unit workshop that kind of makes this together. I'm sure there's plenty of hard work that's done and people are doing a lot of extra, putting in all the hours and everything that needs to be done, but you can kind of, you can see them blend together where it's why, and we've talked about this, Yancy. like it's why you can look at the Marvel Universe and as much admiration as many have for those films, it's not, you know, individually, they're not all going to be standing up 20 years from now because of like, look at this revolutionary action sequence and it's like, no, it just blends together in the same way that some of these Godzilla movies blend together.
2: They're not quite artisanal.
0: If you want to talk about good uses of CG, by the way, I mean, we talked about Gareth Edwards already. His movie Monsters made for a million dollars. He did all the effects himself by hand. Oh, <laughs> Like he, really? he did all the visual effects in that movie. One man show.
2: And and it, monsters.
0: It's quite good. And it's like, it's like 80 minutes too, but it's like, it's, it's a really well done take on what if this kind of
1: situation. <laughs> it's like a
0: Netflix staple too. I think it's always I, been it might, it might a Netflix. might on yeah. Uh, but uh but that's that was part of. I mean, I was excited because for Godzilla, because like, oh, we're gonna get another Godzilla, would be great. But like, his announcement was like, oh, that's cool, because yeah, is it's, his,
1: and, it's his I, audition I, tape. Like, yeah, like I, I saw I saw
0: monsters with like scoop mcnary and Edwards there doing a Q and A afterwards and everything. So it's like I, I I was like, okay, I get this guy. It's like he I just see what he's doing. And so like him being announced to do is like great. He's gonna he's gonna have a vision for this. And I was at Comic-Con for, like, the big reveal of that there was a new Godzilla movie where you see this, te- this like, demo reel of what if th- – the way they're treating it as if, like, it's this, like, world plague, essentially, that's just kind of come through and, like, what that devastation looks like. It's like, I like this vision, and that worked for me when I actually saw the final product. It seemed like there was a care put into the effects to make Godzilla come to life and fight giant monsters again or whatnot. And it was fun. <laughs> like it, did, it knew how to have fun and be serious at the same time, which I, I was big on.
1: Uh, Mo- Monsters has- is on uh, Hoopla, Tubi, with ads, um, Shutter, and Magnolia selects. I didn't What's know that? they had a streaming ser- service. That's good.
2: What? And what did he? What has he done since Rogue One? Anything? Uh, uh, I don't. Know. Or is he doing something
0: now? Something I don't big? Think no, on. not yet. I, I keep there's so many Gareth's and Garths that I get confused. There's like a Garth Evans. There's Gareth Evans who did the Raid movies, right? And there's <laughs> yeah,
1: he's got a movie called Forever. Is his next uh, next Uh-oh. thing? Sounds like has, the yeah, no. Uh, set in a futuristic world ruled by robots, a young human child searches for the origin of humanity. Uh, no cast or anything yet. AI.
0: I'm actually surprised that it's taken this long for him to do something next or get something lined up going after Rogue One. It's like, like he may, he may I million. wonder
1: if he was involved in more Star Wars stuff than we know, and he's now like getting done with all that.
0: Maybe Wouldn't he was developing that's...
1: other things. I'll
0: be surprised at the same time, you know, he had help from Tony Gilroy in Rogue One.
1: So. Right. Yeah, there were reshoots, right? But it was
0: a very collaborative process as opposed to certain other ones that haven't been as collaborative,
1: it seems. Right, because, so. yeah, they said they'd love to work with, give, give him another one at some time down the... Well, some... he gets,
0: I mean, he's a guy that played ball, clearly, compared to right. Phil Lord and Chris Miller with Solo, where they're like, we got fired and we're going to make sure you know about it. He was like, yeah, I've I've openly needed help and that's what happened. And I've been, I'm happy to give interviews talking about how, like, we needed to do this to fix it up. Okay. Like regardless of thoughts on Rogue One, the movie, you know, it it looks like it's something that came together the way it did without being like massively tinkered with.
2: Right. Um, they needed someone else.
0: Brandon, when did you um connect with Godzilla like when when was your like were you a child watching Godzilla movie oh we had brunch a movie? little <laughs> while back we, you were a LinkedIn I know, I, first
1: I was a kid I rented it I was like you know what I this is I know of Godzilla I've never I don't I've never seen Godzilla so I like rented it and it was my first experience was the Raymond Burr one so when I would revisit it a little older to see it again I was quite confused at uh where he where was he he was at and i was like i swear for a while i was like did i have one of those childhood memories of watching something else thinking it was godzilla and that's where my memory's at but uh no I, i had watched the american version first so it was a little weird going back and seeing the real thing which is much better um but yeah and i watched you know i i can't I just watched them whenever they'd be on like TV, like Sci-Fi Channel would have them on, mm-hmm. I believe, and I you know rent some here and there from the I didn't know Kine- uh, Canon order or anything like that. I'd just watch what I'd watch and, um, I just watched what I had watched, and I always go industry, s- Which
0: one did MSTK three do? You know,
1: I don't know. They recently um, Rift Tracks did uh, it was either last year or the year before they did Mothra, yeah. which that's even tough to sit through with Rift Tracks. <laughs> that movie is it drags um I like but
0: Mothra, but I, yeah i can i understand <laughs>
1: uh but yeah i i go see them in the theater when they they play like i you know i enjoy them i'm not like a super fan of godzilla but i do like the first film quite a bit and it's godzilla versus megalon that's the
0: one where they're okay the sticker, which makes sense to me it's the most which Though they did... many many gifts have come from godzilla vs. Megalon. and it's a very silly movie
1: yeah which i think they did a bunch of gamera like in their early um, days when they were uh ktma uh, in minnesota when it was a public access show they did a lot of like godzilla and gamera movies stuff like that mm-hmm. cuz that was what the you know public access package had so a lot of, that's what, what their origins were a lot of those movies but that's when they didn't make like many comments the the comments were uh not as uh flowing as they would be known for because if you watch those old episodes like am i just watching the movie with shadows down here or what's (laughs) what's going on um but yeah so that's i mean that's my experience with i like godzilla i've always wanted to go back like through them i have i have like all of them on my hard drive i got like a long time ago but um if the criteria, it's, it's so not it hard out. to
0: find them. It's not hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I um, not that it matters that I'm a bit younger than you guys, but like it, I, I have a memory of Godzilla of, of like seeing seeing bits and pieces of this one, whether it's the American or not, I can't recall. But like seeing more of them as I went along when I was younger, seeing like the, some of the early ones with like Ghidorah and Mothra, those like fights, I can remember sporadically some of those. But it was when my dad explained to me that there was a movie called Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla when my mind started really working. So I'm like, wait a minute, yes. <laughs> there's a Godzilla and he fights against a Mechagodzilla. I need to know what this is. And I saw that one, and I I've certainly been a fan of Godzilla since then. I would say in this past year, I've become much more studied in the in the Godzilla franchise just based off reading reading a book or two. And um, watching all these movies and doing a lot of online reading about just the franchise and all the things associated with it, but it's always been a a thing that I've enjoyed, uh, for, or a, fran- a series that I've enjoyed. And now I've I've only just recently been able to be like, oh, now I can name all these movies chronologically, <laughs> <It's like> all, <laughs> all thirty two of these films. I'm getting ready for that test. Exactly, and I'm pretty good of the years, also. <laughs> oh. Which is <laughs> thirty-two films. It's not the easiest thing to do. No. <laughs> Bond, I'm not great with the years. I can do the movies are easy, but the years are get crossed over sometimes.
1: Not if you get the, if you get the uh, year they started with, and yeah, then yeah. just know the first time they skipped a year, you yeah. get the bonds pretty. Yeah, I'm, easy.
0: Great, I'm good with a range generally, especially when, like, the Connery era is easy. But. Mm-hmm there's so many more <laughs> like <it's>... oh yeah
2: <laughs> now i believe that the bond movies and the godzilla movies have in common that they're blessedly free of continuity mostly right the
0: showa era for so to mm-hmm. explain this there's there's three eras i guess now there's four there's four eras of godzilla films the showa period and there are these the showa heisa and currently we're in the reva they're all named after japanese emperors um, the showa period is from 54 to 75 and there is th- those films yeah they share about as much continuity as the Bond films do as far as the basics are there as far as there was a thing that attacked us in 54 and it kind of keeps coming around every now and then and maybe sometimes we're aware of Mothra like sometimes we know that we're na- we know the names of these creatures but yeah as far as you know direct continuity not much there the Heisei era that the, the first rebooted era of Godzilla all seven of those films are connected by continuity they all share they all They start in one place, and there's reoccurring characters and plot threads going on that go throughout the whole series.
1: Ooh, who is the architect of all Godzilla's pain?
0: There is a woman that has, like, a telekinetic connection between her and, like, Godzilla's son at one point. Like, it's weird. There's a lot of weird stuff, though. Godzilla time travels at one point. It's crazy. The Millennium Period, which is 99 to 2004... That those are all basically anthology films. Like each one of those is a sequel to the '54 Godzilla, so it's all different direct, mostly different directors, all taking on their own unique take on the character. With the exception of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which is followed up by Godzilla Tokyo SOS, because that movie was actually pretty popular. So, like, let's make a sequel to that one. We, people like Mechagodzilla. Interesting. Currently, we're in the Rave period where it has Shin Godzilla in like the animated Godzilla films that are all on Netflix now um, there was a plan to make a sequel to Shin Godzilla but now they're like we're just going to make our own monster cinematic universe because it's been so successful with Marvel so we're going to make another Mothra movie and another Ghidorah movie and another Rodan but we're going to do that and then eventually mm-hmm. combine them. That's yet to happen but that's what the last thing that they've said about it. And then yeah, there's new the America on the American side, yeah, King of the Monsters is obviously a sequel to Godzilla twenty fourteen.
2: And who's directing King of the Monsters?
0: Michael Doherty, who did um Trick or Treat and Krampus.
2: Well, how'd he get that job?
0: Dude likes monsters. Uh-huh. But also, I mean, I assume you know you make a pitch to Legendary like, hey, I like I he loves Godzilla movies. From everything I've seen, he's like a huge fan of the kaiju genre, so it's Seems like a dream come true for him. And what I, from what I see in the trailer, is like, and how I've read his interviews, it's like, yeah, we have characters, but I just wanted to make giant monster battles in this movie. So. And I, we only like, we only have posters, and we've seen mainly Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra. There's supposed to be like a bunch of other monsters. In this movie, yeah. So like I don't even know what to expect. I don't know if I'm going to see other ones like that. They're in the other series, or if it's going to be completely new ones. But it's going to be more than just four monsters in this thing.
2: Well, that's, is that something that's baked in just because it's baked in? Like, because when I think about Godzilla movies, I do think about how much downtime there is uh, with people talking and planning and talking about Godzilla. And it's it, 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 it often pales in comparison to the footage of the monsters fighting. Is, is monster fighting prohibitively uh, expensive to do? Uh, or is it just the nature of the formula that – these are always these sort of melodramas at the ground level. Because I would think you'd want to see basically a movie that was, if it's a hundred minutes long, I want 80 minutes of that to be spent with Godzilla and the other giant monsters. But you never seem to get that.
0: I mean, it's a mix of things. One is budget for sure. And I think budget is what leads to the other things about these movies where it's, yeah, you don't have enough money to make continuous fighting go on unless you, you know, you're, I don't know George Miller. Uh, like, there's not there's not a lot of movies that can like sustain that amount of action for that period of time. And so as a result, you have to get creative. And yeah, on you know, if you're if you're not you know some of the better writers or directors out there, you're gonna like come up with you know melodrama that doesn't really stick necessarily. It doesn't give you the best of things to work with. Um, if you don't have political parables or satirical content, there's yeah there's less to latch onto. It's just like all right, there's a bunch of guys talking before we finally get back to the action stuff. I would say. These modern ones, particularly these American ones, that's why you cast, like Brandon, you mentioned a lot of, you know, recognizable actors where Mm -hmm. you're comfortable watching them go over random science stuff for a good half an hour before you get back to the monsters because, yeah, I recognize these people. They're probably going to share some witty quips or whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it's something to work with.
2: I'd be fine if they never cut down to the people once, and it was just monsters.
0: I mean, no one's going to say no to that, obviously. Yeah, like, of course you would. But you can't, like, make a a a two-hour
2: CG monster
0: movie that's going to be both getting everybody into the seats for one thing and also be
1: not too costly.
2: Well, but you can do a two-hour CG movie. They do them all the time.
1: It, it, the people it, it, are there in a Godzilla it, it, movie to give like you a an in and an investment of the damage being done rather than just, oh, look, carnage. The, it, the hope is that you'll feel the carnage as well. But that never
2: works anyway. At this point, just have the carnage and make the carnage <laughs> so interesting that I'm
0: wrapped I, up. I feel like you're, like, doing this on purpose because you seem better than this as far as no characters, <laughs> like, no, no perspective, well, all action all the time.
2: Always de- disappointing and a waste of time in these movies. You always want to fast forward to get to the giant monsters
1: fight. Well, that's why I argue the same thing with like the Transformers movies. I'm like, why do we need so many people? Just give me Optimus Prime and company, and and have their adventures. They they led the cartoon just fine. That,
0: like, to, 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 to Bay's credit, it's not like there's many scenes that are completely devoid of visual effects in those movies. <laughs> like it's right. It's, something is always visually happening in them, whether you like it or not. Like it's not like they're cheap movies that have nothing going on.
1: True. But it's I mean, I know
0: I know you're both generalizing a bit as far as the amount of like only humans and it's not interesting or whatnot. Because I do think even outside of Godzilla movies, and I would say there's a share that do have interesting characters. Uh, but you know, there's plenty of <laughs> plenty you of giant, giant destructive destructive movies that also have things going on with the characters that you enjoy or at least can relate to.
2: You promised me giant <laughs> monsters. You advertise giant monsters. I-, I want giant monsters. Any scene of people talking is going to have a hard time competing with a mood where i want to see giant monsters i'm fine with I want living-
1: giant oh. monsters talking yeah that's uh
0: that's in uh godzilla or Godzilla the three-headed monster and that's also in uh, what is it um
2: son of, not son of godzilla
0: no um well a little bit what did i just watch which one was it um is it gigan I think yeah, it's Gigan, where they actually where Godzilla and anger um, Angerus who teams up with him again after fighting him and raids again. They actually talk to each other in the in the American edit. They actually talk in English.
2: <laughs> All right, that's the one I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I do like that. Well, I guess if that's a result of the American version, then that's maybe not so legitimate. But I, I do like a little more freewheeling reinvention allowed uh, in these long series. I wonder how modern audiences would have done with bonds if they'd had to deal with a replacement at a certain point. People are so literal minded you Have
1: to have it explained. Well, yeah. I mean, they already have that dumb theory that I never heard about till like it's a not few a years theory. ago where they're like, Oh no, it's a code. And I'm like, no, it's just, you know, when someone takes a different part in, like, a Hamlet, do, do you have to explain why the guy looks different? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a role.
2: Sometimes it's, I remember thinking that was really funny the first time I heard that, but that's, whatever's happened with audiences, we no longer want to think about the creative process behind it. We want to be totally sucked into the escapism without I mean, thinking about anything that's that, that, that we have, you know. I think that's why the Marvel movies are the way they are. There's no point where you have to stop down and think about, the process of making it or the story. Right.
1: Well, you go just a couple years later and you wouldn't be able to get uh, uh, get away with uh, replacing Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle. I was just
2: thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's would, right. Like, they get away with that on that. They would have to explain that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You'd have to explain it or write out the character or something yeah, like it's you're right. Just recast. It's fine.
0: This is the kind of stuff that the American version doesn't have, by the way. We're seeing a lot of shots of, like, wounded Japanese people and these school children singing and whatnot. This is, these are the scenes, like, that they edit out heavily.
2: Somewhere somebody on the internet must have put together the ultimate cut, right, with all the scenes from this and the Burr version. Yeah. And it's two, two hours long and unbearable and horrible clashing tone. I'm sure it exists out there. Yeah, probably. The, there you,
0: is an Italian version of this movie called Cozilla because um, it's made by Luigi Coza. Um, which colorizes this film and adds, uh, like, sense-around vision or something like that, where it's, like, it adds extra footage of destruction and things to really emphasize Hmm. Godzilla and the soundtracks. It's made in the same way that, like, um, what is it, Towering Inferno and Roller Coaster were made, where it has, like, the, like, extra-heavy surround going on to really help you feel the stomps and whatnot. It's a nonsense
1: version. Do they add the Jimmy Page P. Diddy song? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) No,
0: it it came out in, like, the... What is it? I think it's still the 50s, actually, unless it's the 70s. Um, but it came out around the same time, and Toho is... They did their best to basically make it illegal and take it away, but you can still find versions of it online. And when I say colorized, it's like, it's kind of more red. Like, there's not, it's not really like... Uh. It's not, you know, it's, they didn't, like, you know, paint frame by frame or whatnot to
2: make it color. I bet they kept the guy with the eye patch in the Raymond Burr version, didn't they? Yes. Can't,
0: Seventy-six can't. is when Cozilla was released. <laughs> I know we've talked all over this movie without really going too deep into the actual first Godzilla. Frankly, because, I mean, there's only so much... There's so much going on in this franchise that it's like, why not talk about it as a whole as opposed to specifically talking about this thing? If we do another Godzilla movie at some point, I'm sure we can try to be more riff-heavy if we want to because they're less serious than this film and easier to kind of joke around with. But getting to the end of this movie, it is about sacrifice. Like, you know, the, the, the way they get rid of Godzilla is to, like, put this oxygen destroyer in the water with the, you know, the one scientist that kind of figured this stuff out. And it's like, I got to sacrifice myself to save everybody. <laughs> like it's, it's not a, ha- it's a, it's a bittersweet ending. Yes. And like, it doesn't even end on a, well, at least we got rid of that and it'll never happen again. They're thinking like, this thing could happen again. Sure enough, you know, thirty-two films later, it happened a lot. But I mean, it's, but it, it represents, you know, it's part of the fear that the Japanese culture had as far as being in the atomic age and being in a point of, you know, being stripped of everything because they, you know, a lot were on the wrong side of the war, were bombed, and now have to deal with what's next here. Like, how can how do you recover from that? How do you recover from that when the the world looks at you a certain way? Which I think is quite poignant and very, very, uh, it's a, it's an, int- it, for a film like this that's a movie about a giant monster stomping through town, there's a, there's a lot of sad elements to kind of relate to it with.
2: There was a Godzilla comic book series from Marvel that I just loved when I was a little kid.
0: I think it was Godzilla King of the Monsters. I think that was like the full title.
2: Fantastic Four were in the final uh, uh, issue of that. Like it, it actually had crossover with the Marvel Universe.
1: Hmm. That's the next place to go in shared universes for, for modern cinema. What? Superheroes and Godzilla. Superheroes well, and
2: Godzilla? Flying, you know, this is the kind of thing I lie in bed going to sleep thinking about, but I was inevitably at some point there will be a movie that has all the the various different franchises together in the same. It'll have to happen. There's going to have to be Star Trek meets Star Wars and DC meets Marvel eventually. There's too much money in it, in it happening. It has to eventually happen. And then everything meets everything. It has to happen.
0: I mean, the studios, if they can self-sustain themselves, and some of them certainly can, I mean, it's not really you have to worry about it at this point.
2: But I mean, at this point, but at some point. <laughs> there is going to be a Star Trek meets Star Wars Boy
0: <laughs> It's hard for me to found this because like the, the sensibilities are so different. It's like right, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what that is. Like I, I can't physically picture what that's supposed to be.
1: But one's in the in future, X-Men one is a long time ago. Comics.
0: Exactly, Brandon. Yeah. The time just doesn't work. And none of those movies use time travel.
2: <laughs> right. They're all using time travel. Right. We'll see.
1: And then like Doctor Strange could jump in there. Yeah, we could do that. It'll like it would just like
2: it'd be like a Roger Rabbit or a Ready Player One without the foregrounded stuff. It'll just be everybody in a <laughs> battle royale. And then they won't have many more movies to make. They'll have to figure something else. Yeah, to... they'll, be, they'll be stop.
0: They'll all get together in a huddle. And be like, guys, we did it. Like that's the end of movies.
2: The <laughs> let's singularity call, has let's been called re- a day. <laughs> Disney
0: and Warner Brothers shut down their studios today for good. <laughs> Burning them on the way out and saying,
2: don't come back. You can't think of any ways to make money. Yeah, we, we stopped. He's just sleeping under... That's a puppet again. Well, maybe not.
0: That is a puppet. It's,
2: Couple, water it's, it's that, a yeah. puppet yeah. He's just sleeping in Tokyo Bay here?
0: Yeah, that's you know, That's how he rolls.
2: When I was a kid I used to tell everybody that Godzilla was five hundred miles tall. I believed it, I got that figure somewhere. It's completely wrong. <laughs> but I was you're, telling
1: you. You're using this commentary to apologize for yeah. all those <laughs> I
2: tried to explain why, how he could be five hundred miles tall. I was wrong. <laughs> he would be uh that's more like the thing you see at the end of Cloverfield Paradox, I guess. Even that's probably not five hundred miles tall. Mm.
0: Yeah, miles is a bit of a <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll
0: say the 54 version is 50 meters
2: tall. Uh, it's probably I probably saw meters and added extra zero and did some poor conversion and 500 miles.
0: Uh, let's see. The I got a size chart here. The Emmerich version was 60 meters tall, although it's like a lizard and it kind of it doesn't really stand straight up. Uh 84's Godzilla is 80 meters tall. Uh, 91. It was 100 meters tall. The 2014 Godzilla is 108 meters tall. Shin Godzilla, and there's always a bit of a, a thing about this of like who has the biggest Godzilla. So Toho's like, all right, we're gonna have the biggest one. Eight 118.5 meters tall. But now this new one in King of the Monsters, I think it's like 100 and like 30 something meters tall. Like it's the biggest one yet. Like they keep going like
2: up. That there's nowhere on earth they could ever hide.
0: <laughs> well, they hide underground. Those like all the- <laughs> so that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> they go underground. It doesn't, you know, that's, uh, that's how you do it.
2: You go into the into the chasm, yeah.
0: Into the chasms, yeah. That's where the Titans live.
2: Pretty sure most of the time there would be no losing track of Godzilla ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the oxygen destroyer is doing its job.
2: Where's that cool shot of the skeleton of Godzilla? I love that. Uh, not yet. See, look, look at Godzilla. literally is... Yeah. Yeah. I like that it's still big
0: in this underwater. Like, it still feels big. I think a lot of... Like, for example, like, one of my issues with Pacific Rim's ending is that you're underwater and everything's so, like... It doesn't matter anymore. Where I think right. the, whole, the joy of that film comes from the scenes where it's in the city where you can see how big these things are and you can see the scale where the end is just like they're a nondescript underwater at the bottom of the ocean. It's like, well, that there's nothing that registers there as threatening or intimidating. It just feels like two giant CG things fighting each other without any context. Yeah. This is still feel like, I think it's part of because it it's practical, or at least it's done in a physical way where it just kind of feels like it's still
2: large. I mean, the movie's just made skillfully enough that, that the illusion is, you know, half an hour or 40 minutes in, you buy it. So, you're not yeah. working at this point. You totally right. it, you know?
0: I think I've undersold a bit, I think, how good Ashira Honda is with this movie and his other entries in general. But I think there's a lot here that we've certainly talked over. We we'll do a second commentary just talking about the shots in this movie. But there's a lot of great work done to make this work, make this film work as a... As if there is a giant monster in nineteen fifty four, no that's where there's no, you know, computers or whatnot to work with, so you have to animate all this stuff or superimpose shots of the feet landing next to people. Like there's a lot of good work to make the like that you know, the hide the tricks that they're doing.
1: Right, yeah, no, it's it's this movie is majority is making it I mean the the camera usage and and some of the effects, uh the rear projection and stuff to make it all come together the model work that's yeah, without those, I mean, no interest. And this isn't one of those where like the haha models type stuff. Like a lot of those seventies ones would. Yeah, you get more more of a mix. You're just like this one. You're kind of like, oh, okay, I see how they they pulled that one off, rather than uh. Sort of goofy take. I um I love Godzilla's
0: roar. Um, it is another. It is created by the composer Akira Ifukube. It there's something about it that works. It's so primal and just like it. It has that kind of that bit at the end where it's like after like the main roar is done, it has that kind of reverberation that comes after it. It's just like, it's a really cool sound that I've been, I'm happy that it's been held on to for the 65 years of this creature's existence. Yeah. You mentioned the bones. Here's the bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, It is, actually. I mean, you know, looking at it now, you mentioned that earlier, where it's like, there is something sad about this thing that, like, I don't know. It, you know, it's certainly causing destruction, but it's like, well, we just murdered it. (laughs) That was was our solution. We just straight up killed it.
2: I saw Godzilla's lifeless corpse sink into the sea with my own eyes. We all did.
0: If you want to talk about wackiness, um, the Godzilla. Against Mechagodzilla, the plot of that movie involves building a Mechagodzilla using the bones of this 1954
1: Godzilla,
2: which <laughs> just now.
0: So they create they create like a bio robot version of Godzilla to fight Godzilla, and of course, the bones still have some kind of like spiritual energy in them, so they start taking over Mechagodzilla.
2: Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one.
0: It's something. It causes problems (laughs) for for the ones that are seemingly thinking they're in control of Mechagodzilla. (laughs) And now we get our message at the end
1: here.
0: Yep. You put this with Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. You know, sad older men reflecting on the choices that have been made. (laughs)
2: Cautionary tale becomes franchise. Strange. <laughs> yeah. Look how <laughs> good <Gosh>, Shimura is. His <laughs> face. Humble beginnings.
0: I'm curious if this is in the American version. The end here. Or if it's just like Raymond Burr saying.
2: And that's how that happened.
1: <laughs>
2: Thank God I wasn't there in time. <laughs>
1: it had to do with an atomic bomb, but not our atomic bomb. Godless atomic bombs. That's, that brings
0: us to the end of Godzilla. All right, we certainly talked up a storm about this whole franchise. I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Yeah, this has been fun. Uh, next year we do get Kong versus Godzilla, so I look forward to doing. Some other movie, maybe we'll do King Kong. Honestly, it just makes more sense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but for the time being, yeah, we've talked all about Godzilla here. Um, uh, so let's uh let's wrap it up. Uh, where can people find more of your guys' work online? Uh, Yancey
1: Milky Way Blues blogspot.com, Brandon Peters. Sure, you don't want to do Congo? It's got monkeys and oh, Bruce Kyle, Campbell and Chicago. <laughs> Lenny okay Uh no, Colson Mcavalcade callsonmcavalcade..com currently in the month of May which we always done as Tro May so we're doing class of Nukem high movies it's uh, been fun and tough at the same time so stay tuned for the one we have an episode drop every week this month so yay awesome. You can find everything
0: I do over at my personal blog, thecodeaziek.com. I write movie reviews for We Live Entertainment, and you'll be finding plenty of uh, Godzilla-related writings coming out throughout this month um, at that site and a couple others. So stay tuned for all that. And, yeah, I'm on, on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Um, you can find all of our other episodes of Out Now, on, it- about now name on iTunes, and everywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, thank you, Brandon and for joining me for this uh, commentary track.
1: Hey, thank you, as always.
0: Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Good, and that's gonna do it for this one. What's next month? May or June? We got we got a lot of things in
1: June. June.
0: What can we come up with in June? Let's see. We've done, we've done a couple X Men movies. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Is we already did the first Phoenix movie, so we got that one out of the way.
1: We could what do the, we did, uh, we did Child's
0: Play. We. Um, yeah. What um, else is in June?
1: Uh, Toy Story.
0: Oh yeah, we did. Do we, we promise do, that? Because we did the first. Toy Story. We, did we? Yeah, we
1: said we we We'd we're probably going to do Toy Story two. All
0: right. Well, we'll see what we'll, we'll see what that can. We maybe won't it there. We could see. It's hard to do. Men in Black though wouldn't be a bad choice.
1: Yeah, Men in Black's a good movie.
0: Shaft. We've got some- Oh yeah, Shaft. Talk about black exploitation. That could be fun. But, yeah. All right. Well, we got some options. We'll think of it. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this one. So, thank you all for listening. If you watched along with the movie and us at the same time, like you know, cool. Good on you. I hope that I hope that was fun. I hope that was educational in some way. But yeah, until next time. So long, and goodbye.